What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from morality to spirituality, relationship advice, dogma, apologetics, evangelization, catechesis, uh, works of charity, acts of justice, and the list goes on and on and on. I would then sit with your questions. I would pray with them. I would study them, and I will hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But my disclaimer is this. I'm not perfect. Therefore, the advice that I share with you might not be good for you. If that is the case, then please reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. If you're a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at www.essentialpress.com slash askfatherjosh. That's A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. You can also rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats and share us on your social media pages. This will help other people to find out about the gift of the show. If it's helpful for you, potentially it could become helpful for them as well. On today's show, we are going to talk about virtuous friendships, discerning marriage, and tithing. But before we get into those awesome topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is a bittersweet glory story. I um, my glory story is that uh, is, so the bittersweet part is this is God is calling me to a new place in this season. Of my priesthood. I am the full time director of vocations for the diocese of Baton Rouge, and for the past four years, I've also been the pastor of the best parish in the diocese of Baton Rouge, Our Lady of the Holy Rosary Catholic Church. And it's just been a gift to be the pastor here with these beautiful people. I, I I literally have like the greatest team of disciples that I I would work with in the vineyard. We've seen so much supernatural fruit um, over these past four years, and it's just been a pure gift. But the reality is this: is we have a shortage of priests in our diocese, and uh, we need priests. Without priests, we can't have the sacraments. We can't have the Eucharist. So we need more priests. And it's I just where God is calling me right now is to be more available to the office of vocations. Uh, so that's the sad part. The sad part is that I will be leaving my parish, Holy Rosary, uh, in, in the summer, July 1st. I'll be getting a new assignment. I'll be helping out uh, part-time at Christ the King on the campus of LSU. Every Tuesday and Wednesday, I will be there to assist uh, Father Andrew Merrick, who is the pastor there. Um, and then I'll be doing a lot of retreats. I'm going to be doing a lot, a lot of retreats uh, for junior high and high school students and college students. The sermon retreats, come and see uh, retreats, junior high retreats, high school retreats, a lot of visitations to the Catholic high schools and Catholic middle schools and elementary schools and our diocese, really just trying to go hard to promote vocations to help young men and women discern if the priesthood and religious life is their particular way to become saints in their walk toward eternity. It's a huge need we have right now. And so um, I have faith and hope that uh, the same supernatural fruit I was able to see here at my parish at Holy Rosary, we will see in the Office of Vocations. This past year, because of COVID, we spent most of our time just praying and fasting and and, and you know walking with people one-on-one, but we really want to start a lot of discernment gr- uh, groups and um, and just help people to find out to, uh, if, if they are being invited by the Lord to go and check out the seminary and convents. And so 
I'm, I'm certainly sad about leaving my parish, but I'm also hopeful because I, I know God is calling me um, to this new season. And I'm also, the glory story is that the, the bishop was so, so good. And, um, and, and he asked me, he said, well, who, who do you think should be the next pastor? And I had, um, I, I've been living with Father Joe Vu this past year. He's been my associate pastor this past year, and he's been so awesome. I said, Father Joe Vu would be excellent. And um, not only is the, this great parish getting Father Joseph Vu as their pastor, who's an amazing priest, but they're also going to keep Deacon JR and get Michael Parker, who was ordained to the diaconate this upcoming August. So they're going to have Deacon Michael Parker and Deacon JR and Father Joseph Vu shepherding them in, in, in a great team of lay disciples who are in love with Jesus Christ. So I. Cannot wait to see what good works God continues to do through this parish um, when it comes to forming intentional disciples of the Lord. Uh, it's been such a gift. It's been such, such a gift. And um, and I have hope that the same fruit that I saw in, in this land, we will see in the Office of Vocations through the time that we're going to spend cultivating those young people in our land in their relationship with Jesus, particularly in the interior life. You know, vocations are born from relationship with Jesus. And relationship with Jesus is only um, able to happen whenever we know him through prayer. So I, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, uh, you know, um, I'm definitely grieving. I'm going to miss these people. I, I ain't going to lie. I, I shed a little tear. When I cry, you cry, we cry, baby. When I cry, you cry. Yeah, so on Saturday when I made the announcement, I, uh, I didn't think I was going to cry. I was like, what is this weird emotion happening right now? Why is my voice getting choked up? But um. But I did, I did shed a little tear, which Jesus wept too. So it's a completely Christocentric thing to do to, to cry. Uh, and yeah, that happened. And uh, but it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I can't wait to continue to to see the good fruit that's gonna happen. And I'll be coming back to my parish or this parish to uh, do junior high and high school retreats to promote vocations. So it's gonna be all good. And um, yeah, so glory story is bittersweet. It's that I, I'm going where I know God is calling me, and I'm so happy that God is sending. Father Joe and Deacon Michael here to work with Deacon JR um, and the lay team of disciples. But I'm also, you know, yeah. And I'm excited to go live with Father Andrew. He's one of my best friends. So he and I are going to cut up. It's going to be a, uh, it's going to be pretty amazing working with him and his, his team of disciples. I'm, I'm most excited about what, what most excites me about Christ the King is the amount of time Father Andrew spends in prayer with his staff, with his team. So I look forward to uh, praying with them the most. But anyways, let's, uh, let's, just get to today's show. Feedback before we get to the questions uh, from Katie. Hey, Father Josh, I came upon your show by accident. Your singing is what stopped me from moving on. I'll be moving on. Hey, moving on. So keep it up. Uh, I really enjoy the format of your show and the advice you give to listeners. You are a blessing to individuals of all ages. Thank you, Katie. God bless you, Katie. You are a blessing to me. And now with that, let's go ahead and jump into today's questions. Question number one is about discerning marriage. Hey, Father Josh, I had the blessing of meeting you and your parish right before the quarantine. Since then, I began dating a strong Christian man who helps me to grow in my faith. We've known each other a long time and we are at the stage of discerning marriage. Do you have any resources or tools to help us discern? We are both serious about our faith and love the church's teachings on marriage. Hopefully one day soon, I'll be able to introduce you to Tony at Mass. Blessings, Jen and Tony. 
Yeah, I, I think I'll give you a few tools to help you discern. And then uh, as far as resources, I'll share what comes to my mind. So number one, I just love the book of Acts in the New Testament. The, the the apostles were devoted to to worship and prayer and study and fellowship. And I think that that's a model for everything we do in life. And so, Jen, you and Tony, I would encourage you all to make sure you're worshiping together at Mass every Sunday. Be very consistent with it. Uh, prioritize worship first and foremost. God comes first. So every week, look at the next weekend and find out when is the best time for the two of you to go to worship God together at Mass. Number two, if you're discerning marriage, you should be praying together as well. So um, find ways to pray that works for both of you, not only at meals, but um, in addition to that, maybe going to do a holy hour together once a week or a holy 30 or a holy 15, whatever you can fit in. But time before the Blessed Sacrament would be helpful or reciting a rosary uh, with each other would also be helpful. Study. Study the Word of God together. Study the lives of the saints. Just do some kind of study. And now that's a bunch of spiritual stuff I mentioned. In addition to those spiritual things that are really important, I think, if you're discerning marriage, um, because marriage is your is discerning am i am i the bridge for this person to get to jesus to, to be with jesus in heaven uh fellowship's also important fellowship in a number of ways number one with your friends and his friends uh you got to get to know his friends uh, because his friends will tell you a lot about him and he has to get to know your friends because they will tell you a lot about tell him a lot about you and so you might see things in his friends that are going to be some red flags and necessary conversations will have to happen. Also, your friends will be able to tell you what they see in him as well. There might be some things that you might not notice that your best friends would definitely notice if you hang out together. So I would introduce them to each other. I'd also really encourage you to be friends with Tony Jen. It's important to be friends with somebody that you're discerning marriage with because it's super good to be spiritual and to be religious and to be disciples together. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you would make great spouses, right? So you have to be friends with people. Like what other interests do you have that are in common with Tony? Do you guys have any similar interests outside of Jesus and outside of your faith, which I know is very important to you, but friendship is also important. Uh, so do you actually enjoy each other's company is really important to discern. Do you like to go hiking together? Do you like to watch sports? Do you have similar ideas when it comes to politics? You don't have to, but it's important to find out where do we also relate well with each other outside of the religious things. And then I would encourage you to, to really examine your conscience and, 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 and um, talk about whether or not with Tony, uh, you have discussed your, your history, uh, his history. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. We should never let our past sins affect our future. Calling to become saints in our walk toward eternity, our destiny to become saints. But it's important to talk about that kind of stuff. So uh, you don't give all the details. But do you have a sexual history with other people? What's your history with pornography like? What's his history with pornography like? These are things that you need to discuss. Why? Uh, because it's important to know whether or not he has an STD or you have an STD. Uh, you don't want to get married and all of a sudden be like, oh, yeah, by the way, um, I'm giving you an STD now, right? These are just important things to to talk about. Uh, does your parents agree with your decision to discern marriage? Does his parents agree? Again, they don't have to agree, but that would definitely put up some, some things that might be problematic. Uh, what do your friends think about this? And is there anything in your past, is there anything in his past that he's not talked about with you that might affect your willingness to marry him or his willingness to marry to marry you? These are super important things to discuss. And so as far as just like discussion topics, I think that would be helpful. There are a number of really good programs out there as well that you could even do right now um, as you're dating. Uh, you could go on forums. They have a really good program called um, uh, Beloved, and uh, you can watch that series together and just start to, you know, whatever, uh, do that whole thing. And then uh, if you need counseling, counseling is always good too. Counseling is always helpful. I always appreciate counseling. 
But those are just some things that I think that could be helpful for you if you are serious about discerning marriage uh, with Tony, which it sounds like you are. Uh, speaking of relationships, our next question is about friendship, not marriage. So there's different types of loves. Uh, and so friendship is the next one we're going to address. Uh, hey, Father Josh, I'm a college student who was raised in the faith, but definitely fell away from it for a time. Uh, during my first, we fall down, but we get up, we fall down. Oh, yes, we do. That's um, Donnie McClurkin, Donnie McClurkin, something like that. But we get up for a saint is just a sinner who fell down. Oh, also, going back to the first question, my bad, Jen and Tony. I would definitely, definitely, definitely get the book, The Temperament God Gave You, as a book to read right now. That's a really good book to read to understand your temperament and your spouse's temperament. Um, and if you ever have kids, the, the temperaments of your spouse, that is a a must read. Get the book. And that can be part of your study together. You can study the Bible, study the catechism, study that book. That book will help you guys out so much. So many things can be better handled when we understand our temperaments and the temperaments of our loved ones. All right, my bad. Anonymous. Back to your question. So you fell away for a time. During my first couple of years of school, I found myself in the depths of the typical college lifestyle, drinking, partying, drugs, etc. until God made it clear that only he can satisfy us. That's right. Only God can fulfill us. Another person will never be able to be my everything. Only God can. All right, my bad. That's my little preaching tip. So by the grace of God, I quit those bad habits and started living out the faith my problem is this. All my college friendships started when I was in that lifestyle. So even though I've changed, all my best friends are still doing the same things. I have no problem being around them without falling into it myself. But I feel like it can't be good for me to be surrounded by sin all the time. That's right. At the same time, I want to stay close to them first, to be a witness to them, to Jesus. And second, since they are my closest friends. Is it wrong to want to hold on to these friendships how can I bring Jesus to these friends? How can I pursue virtuous friendships? How do I find a balance between them being near occasions of sin versus me wanting to evangelize anonymous? That is a phenomenal question. So, so good. So good. So good. So good. All right. So this is something I experienced, you know, whenever I had my conversion and went to Southern University after high school, a number of my, my closest friends uh, were, were living a lifestyle that just was not conducive for me to be a saint. Uh, and I was a, I was aware of that. And so there's this tension that I was living in. And then eventually I went to seminary and, and they went off and did their thing. And so we were living two different lifestyles. But these are like my friends for like life. And so I still stayed in touch with them, but just not as much. And so I would go out to eat with them. I would play sports with them. I would go hiking with them, do, do, do thing, outdoor things with them or whatever, go watch certain movies with them at the theater. But I wouldn't go back to their apartments. I wouldn't go back to their dorms whenever they were in college and I was in seminary. I, I wouldn't go certain places that were places where they were committing sin because I didn't want to be around that. And so I was able to share, um, you know, talk about other things that were going on in life because, you know, we're, we're, we're more than just our mistakes. We're more than our sins. I was able to share with them my joy, not always talking about everything uh, that was happening in seminary, but I mean, certainly Jesus was my everything. So he would come up in conversations, but they just saw my joy. They saw how happy I was. They saw how happy I was that not living sin, not getting drunk and not smoking weed and not having sex. They saw that my life um, was different from theirs and, and they weren't really happy. And, and so I just would 
schedule things to where I could be with them, but always have something to do after it was, it, my time with them was over. That way I couldn't be invited to do anything or be around them whenever they committed certain sins. And, and, and we certainly talked about that stuff, about how unhappy they were. And, um, and I encouraged them to, to not live that lifestyle, but it wasn't a point of conversation every time we hung out. So I just would encourage you uh, to find places and spaces where y'all can hang out and play sports if that's what y'all did before and uh, watch movies and uh, go hiking or ride the bike or work out together, uh, go out to eat at restaurants, but don't be around them whenever they're doing sinful things because you don't want to give up the impression that you support them. That, that could be scandalous, the fact that you are around them when they're getting drunk, whenever they're play, you know, play, playing beer pong or are smoking or using drugs or hooking up or whatever. Like That would be scandalous, and that would be like saying you support them. Even if you're not doing it, the fact that you're around them when they're doing it, it's a sign of support. So um, it's like going to a wedding. You, you, it would not be good to go to a wedding of somebody who's married and divorced and remarried without the annulment. Right? That would be saying, I support this marriage. Um, so that's why we wouldn't go to it because we're saying, I don't want to give off that impression like I do support what they're doing because they're, it's, it's adultery if they're not annulled, um, if the marriage was a sacrament in the first place. And so I would encourage you to still like, you know, like hang out with them, but just uh, with, with boundaries. Uh, and then DTR, let them know why you don't go to their house whenever they're smoking weed or whenever they're hooking up or whenever they're getting drunk or whenever they're using drugs or whenever they're watching inappropriate movies or whatever it might be that they're doing that is not good. Like explain to them straight up. That's him. Do you really want to love me forever? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Just have the conversation. I think when we're transparent people, they respect us. So like, don't be fake about it and be like, oh, you know, like just be straight up. Like, yo, like that's not good. But I still love you and I still want to be with you and be, be your friend. Uh, but I, I'm not going to be around you when you do those, do those things. And so I'd appreciate it if you would just let me know. If you're going to do those things, let me know in advance so that I won't come. Um, that way they know. Um, and then uh, pray for them. Pray for them, fast for them, and invite them. Invite them to retreats. Invite them to Bible studies that I hope you are beginning to participate in, small group Bible studies. Like if you're going, like have it as a point of conversation and just invite them. You can always do the invite. Hey, you want to come with me to mass, to adoration, to Bible study, to, to whatever. If you keep inviting, it might come. My friend Brandy kept inviting me and I kept saying no. And eventually I said yes. And because I said yes to her invitation to go to her conference with her, I had a conversion and fell in love with Jesus. And now I'm a priest because she never stopped inviting me. So um, I hope that for you to look for virtuous friendships, look in places like the the Newman Center, the Catholic Student Center. Uh, if you're in high school, your youth group, uh, go to church. Uh, if you are in college, yeah, go to the Catholic Student Center. If you're a young adult, get plugged into theology on taps and things like that. But like, find out where Catholics are. You can call your diocese and say, look, I'm a young adult. I'm in college. I'm trying to find community. What's going on in our diocese for me to find that place and space and start going there. And then whoever you are naturally drawn to, then, then go hang out with those people. And again, share the fruit. Another thing to keep in mind is we're not always going to have a lot of friends. Like there are people who are going to be in our life for a season and then they're not. Most people that I was friends with in high school, I'm not friends with today. I have like a core group of people, a couple, a few who I still talk to. And I've talked, been friends with them since high school, uh, three uh, I'll say four, uh, four to be exact, probably. Right. So four of them, I still keep in touch with. They come to my church every now and then we get together for birthdays, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. Um, but outside of them, uh, there are a lot of people who I thought I was like really close to who I, I don't talk to anymore. Not because we fell out. It's just, it's natural. There are some people who are in your life for a season and some people who are there for a lifetime. Same thing with college. There are even fewer people who I still talk to from college and same thing, even with seminary In seminary, I was with these guys for eight years. 
And there is less than a handful who I still talk to and I still hang out with. And those handful that I talk to and hang out with from seminary are my, are my best friends. And we and I love them dearly. But the rest, like I literally, like we just don't. And we hung out a lot in seminary, but we just don't anymore. And that's fine. They're, 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 they're seasonal. Relationships are seasonal. And so um, uh, we have to be okay with that. And so discernment for you too might be like... Um, are these seasonal friends? Now you mentioned you also want to evangelize them, so I think it's cool to make a distinction. You know, friends friends that are real friends are people that we are like. I guess a good definition is um, when we're walking in the same direction, and we're both facing the same direction. It sounds like right now the guys who you have been friends with for a long time, you're beginning to look in a different direction as them, and so to reverence what was and to decide that you're going to try to disciple them and minister to them and evangelize them, that's beautiful. But if you want to grow in like good friendships, then you need to find people who are going to walk in the same direction as you, which hopefully is a direction towards eternity, towards heaven. Sirach 6.14 says, A faithful friend is sturdy as a shelter. Whoever finds one finds a treasure. Notice whoever finds one. So we don't need a lot of friends. Uh, We're not going to have a lot of friends. Uh, But... When we find people that want to walk with us toward heaven, like those are going to be the best friendships. And other people don't like kick them to the dust, but definitely um, put up boundaries. Put up some boundaries that are healthy and good for you and for them. All right, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to talk about money, specifically tithing, and what are the demands of discipleship from the gospel with regards to how we use our money and give our money to the church. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. What if you could see that the infinite God is present in your life? What if it was as simple as stopping, opening your heart, and allowing yourself to be found? I'm Danielle Bean, an author, speaker, and host of the Girlfriends Podcast. In my new book, Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday, I share wisdom from the saints, real-life experiences, and prayer practices that help you to see, know, and grow closer to God in your everyday life, no matter how busy you are. If you've ever been inspired by stories of great saints but wondered where that leaves the rest of us, this book is for you. In it, we explore how we meet God in joy, pain, other people, prayer, and in the awesome gift of the sacraments. Join me on this journey of letting go, being still, and allowing God to meet us right here, right now, right where we are. Order your copy of Whisper, Finding God in the Everyday at ascensionpress.com. All right, we are back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And the final question comes in from Zach, and it's about tithing. Father Josh, I really like financial planning, and God willing, I should have hopefully more money than I really need when I retire. Do you have any advice on deciding how much money I give to the church or charity versus giving to my children or grandchildren? Thanks, and please keep the podcast coming. Keep them coming. So let's go to the Word of God. Uh, First of all, Let's understand church teaching. So when it comes to tithing, the Catholic church does not have a specific amount, specific percentage that you're supposed to give anymore. Tithing was an Old Testament obligation uh, for Jews under the law of Moses. We are dispensed from this obligation of tithing 10% of our income. So that was a thing for Jews under the law of Moses. So there are some Christian communities that say you suppose you have to give 10%. That's actually not the church's teaching anymore. We're not bound by that law of Moses, um, that particular law of Moses. 
So we are bound, though, to help the church out. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, On the first day of the week, Sunday, each of you should set aside whatever you can afford. Um, and also in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 5 through 8, we read this. So I thought it's necessary to encourage the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for your promised gift so that in this way it might be ready as a bountiful gift and not as an exaction. Consider this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each must do as already determined without sadness or compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. Moreover, God is able to make every grace abundant for you so that in all things, always having all you need, you may have an abundance for every good work. So what this means is that uh, there is no fixed amount that our Father God demands of us when it comes to our money. God just desires that we give from a cheerful heart, that we do give. He is not demanding that we give this specific amount, but you discern, you're free, Zach, as a disciple to discern how much are you going to share. And recognize too what the word of God says, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly, whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And so give not out of sadness, or compulsion, but give out of joy or whatever you think is best. So definitely give something, give your time, give your financial resources to the church, but also give the charities, help out the charities and give to your children, provide for your grandchildren, however much you perceive you're being invited to donate from your heart. It's about your freedom here. God's giving you freedom to discern, to imitate Christ. You know, in the Old Testament, you only had to give 10%. I believe Jesus invites us to give everything. I want you to give everything, uh, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your body, and then give your money. Give it away. Just give it away. Give it away. Um, don't hold on to it. Yes. Yeah, so uh, don't let it become a God. So Zach, it sounds like you, you desire to give, which is good, and you desire to give according to the word of God, but the word of God wants you to give freely. So give something. Don't give you, you can't not give anything. Like if you don't, then that's being selfish. That's also going to the word of God, but you give what you can afford. So whatever you can afford is however much you can give. As a rule of thumb, you could still, if you want to do the 10% model, you, you can do that. But I always say, give more. There's always more. The more I, the more I give away, the more I, I, I'm free to receive whatever gifts God has in store for me in my walk with the Lord. So hopefully that was helpful. Hopefully that was helpful when it comes to conversations about the, mo the money. Because the more money we come across, the more problems we see. I don't know what they want from me. Oh, man. They got so many good jams from the 1990s and the early 2000s. That's whenever it was so good. All right, let's go ahead and pray. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, we love you and we thank you for this time that we've had together on the show. We just ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit to overshadow us, to draw us to a deeper level of discipleship, to deeper intimacy with Jesus Christ. God, I ask that you bless us in ways that we would never have expected to be blessed today, that we would have divine appointments and encounters with you through members of the body of Christ who uh, you desire for us to be with so that we can be encouraged and convicted by them. God, I ask in a specific way that you you draw us to, to new people um, to receive love from to receive your love from through our relationships with with them to open us up to be in a relationship with people that we may have never thought we would be in a relationship with but who would be best for us to abide with you on earth as it is in heaven we ask this prayer through christ our lord amen in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit all right y'all god bless <laughs>